0: Dear little sisters, I'm Bernice. And I'm Lena. Welcome back to our podcast where we will be chatting with interesting women who do interesting things. We are two teens who want to empower young girls by providing role models for them. We hope that these women
1: will show you that anything you want to do is possible and inspire you to dream big. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast and we truly hope you enjoy this episode. sisters we are very excited to introduce you to miss katie edmondson miss edmondson is a a reporter in the washington bureau of the new york times covering congress we are thrilled to have you today miss edmondson thank you so much for coming on to our podcast
2: so can you please tell us a little bit about yourself sure so as you mentioned i'm a congressional reporter for the new york times and i live and work in washington dc i'm actually from wisconsin i grew up in a fairly small uh, up by Green Bay and I decided kind of in middle school that I was interested in being a reporter and potentially reporting on politics and so I just kept finding a way to do journalism whether that was at my high school paper or my college paper and I kept doing it and I eventually ended up at the New York Times which is a dream for me, honestly.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I read a lot of New York Times articles, so it's so cool that we have you here today. So, Ms. Edmondson, you mentioned that you were first interested in journalism in middle school. What was your first experience in journalism, or what, like, got you started in the field in the first place?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I think it was helpful, honestly, that my parents always read the newspaper, the local newspaper we had delivered to our house growing up, they would read the New York Times. And so I think it was really helpful, honestly, to have the the privilege of growing up around newspapers and around the idea that the news was something important and worth reading. But I didn't actually think that it was a career path for me necessarily until middle school. And I was actually thinking of it more along the terms of I like to read and I like to write and how can I parlay that into a profession of some sort? And journalism seemed interesting to me. I wasn't totally set on it yet, but it seemed like it could be a really cool job. And so when I was a freshman in high school, um, there was a high school newspaper that I went out for that I joined. And that was really my first experience in journalism. And honestly, the type of work that I did then, I often was still learning how to become a reporter but I honestly think that the work that you can do on your high school newspaper on a college newspaper is actually really similar that the skill set and what you do is really similar to the job that I have now so I feel like it prepared me in a really great way and got me to understand what are the mechanics of doing journalism so I would interview students Uh, and teachers about issues that were confronting the school, whether that was mental health or whether that was a new academic program that the school was was rolling out. And I just really found that I loved it. I loved having the excuse to get to talk to people and get to ask questions. And I think uh, as a high school reporter, one of the things that I particularly took a shine to, honestly, was getting to grill administrators about why is this the way, why is this policy the way it is at our school? And is this the smartest way it could be? And it was kind of thrilling, honestly, to get to do that as, you know, a 14 year old.
0: Of course, and um, I liked that you mentioned how um, kind of the newspaper um, clubs and like high schools and colleges are like an introduction to the actual career. I think most schools do have like a school paper and, it's like a way to, it allows you to have a voice from earlier on and can really drive people to go into the field. So in the field of journalism, the New York Times is the pinnacle. Can you please tell us about the day you first got hired? How did it feel?
2: Sure. So I actually joined the New York Times, I joined as an intern. And the idea was I was going to be there for a three month internship, which was when I got the internship, it was so exciting and I felt so lucky that was the job that I wanted to get after college because typically after your senior year of college when you graduate it's some people will get hired right away but normally you you do one more internship before you get hired Um, but they make very clear to you when you get hired on as an intern that you shouldn't necessarily expect to get hired on full-time. But that was kind of my personal goal. I really wanted to use those three months to show them that I could be a valuable reporter for them and that I could fit in. And so I had slightly an untraditional path because I was extended as an intern a few times. And so when I was finally hired on, they were able to bring me on as a congressional reporter. It was such a relief, honestly, because it had been something that I had been working on for so many months. And it also was really surreal, frankly. The New York Times was a newspaper that I read growing up. And there were a lot of reporters in the Washington Bureau who I aspired to be like. And so to be working next to those people as a true colleague was really surreal.
1: I think that's amazing. And I love how you knew that's what you wanted to do. And you just worked at, worked at it. And you reached your goal, which is so incredible. Um, as a congressional reporter, how do you feel sitting in and reporting on um, a place where history
2: is being made? I know I just used the word surreal, but I think that is the operative word in, in this case as well. It's obviously a huge privilege to be able to have the job that I do. I'm working covering Congress. I'm not really in the time office that much. I'm actually generally up on Capitol Hill I'm in the hallways talking to senators or members of Congress and their staff and trying to figure out what legislation is going through and why changes to bills are being made and how people will vote on certain things. And obviously, the past couple of years have been really busy years on Capitol Hill with the Supreme Court justice nominations. We had two of those. We had two impeachments. Um, And the most recent impeachment process obviously looked very different than the first because we were in a pandemic. But I remember I was in the House chamber, the first impeachment when they actually voted to impeach former President Trump. And you did feel a really striking sense of witnessing history because impeachment had been used so rarely. And to be standing literally in the room when it happened was really amazing, especially, you know, I grew up in Wisconsin politics, Washington politics was not something that I ever felt that I was particularly close to or had access to growing up. And so that was a really striking moment. And then I think I'd be remiss also if I didn't bring up the January 6th attack on the Capitol. That was really frightening in a lot of ways, I think, but it was particularly, kind of strange and unsettling, frankly, because it was seeing people attacking the building that you go to work in every day, and I wasn't up there that day, but I was watching the the video streams of it, and I was seeing Capitol Police officers that I knew or recognized working to defend the Capitol. I was texting my friends up there asking to make sure that they were okay, so I think... It's a huge privilege to be able to have this opportunity, but I think in the past few months we've also seen that sometimes it can be difficult to have such close proximity as well.
1: Thank you so much for sharing those experiences. I think that really brings a new light on what you do, um, showing showing everyone um, the firsthand experiences that you get so close to Capit- um so close on Capitol Hill, and really just those personal interactions with our lawmakers and legislators, I think that's so incredible. And I love the phrase that you use standing in the room where it happened, because I think that encompasses so much. I think it really shows that you really are in the room where it happens, you get to see all of the behind the scenes. And I think that's so, so inspiring.
0: And I also want to add that it kind of shows how journalism is very interactive as a career. You're not just sitting in a room, writing or interacting with editors, but you're actually experiencing these like moments in history firsthand. And I think that's amazing. Kind of on a different note, have you witnessed any gender barriers along your career?
2: You know, when I first came to Washington and I, I went to college in New York, so I moved from New York to Washington and I had friends in New York saying, oh, it seems like Washington can be such a male-dominated place, are you worried about that? And I hadn't honestly given it a lot of thought, but their questions made me nervous going in. But at least when I joined the New York Times as an intern, so the Washington Bureau, and I think this is a fact, honestly, that not a lot of people know, the Washington Bureau is essentially run by women. Our bureau chief, who runs our Washington office, is a woman. Who, she was a Pentagon reporter, she was a White House reporter, has an illustrious career in her own right. My editor, my who covers Congress, is a woman, and a lot of the top editors on the national security beat, on the economics beat, they're all women. And so I think it was really important for me to see that coming in as an intern. And I also think, to give her the credit that she is due, the Washington bureau chief, her name is Elizabeth B. Miller, really went out of her way to try to support young women reporters and editors coming up, and I always felt that from her. And so that was really pivotal for me, I think, to frankly see that. The one thing that I would say, and I wouldn't characterize this so much as a gender barrier, necessarily. But I do notice when I'm out in the field reporting and I'm reporting next to other reporters, male reporters, a lot of times we're jockeying to get in a specific question to any given lawmaker, because they don't have tons of time to give us and there are lots of reporters and we all have different questions. And sometimes I have noticed in certain settings, particularly when I'm covering more defense, um, so military, or foreign policy stories, but sometimes I can notice that the male reporters will feel very comfortable continuing to log these questions and be very aggressive in getting their questions in. And that's something that I just personally have never felt super comfortable with. Honestly, I think I'm a little bit more of a shy person, naturally. And I, I don't know if that's attributable necessarily to gender, but I do think that Sometimes it feels like women particularly can be told to be polite. You want to not be too pushy. And I think obviously you always want to be polite, right? But there's a difference between being assertive and being proactive and asserting yourself in a situation and being rude. And I think that sometimes that particularly women and women reporters, particularly young women reporters, frankly, can confuse. Um, And so my piece of advice, I guess, to up-and-coming young women reporters is to just get in there because that's the job. And of course you want to be courteous to your colleagues and you want to be polite, but I think that sometimes you can feel a sense of not wanting to be too pushy in a way that can be constraining and that's, that's the one thing that I try to actively monitor myself for, because that's still something that I frankly think about and deal with.
1: Thank you so much for sharing. I think two things to me really stood out with what you just said. One being that you uh, particularly work in an area where it's primarily um, made of women. And um, there's a lot of women in your um, specific um, sector, which I think is really cool because um, in your work, you're surrounded by a supportive, it seems like, network of women, which can definitely help, I think, any girl grow um, in their career, or just as a person, which I think, which I find really incredible. And also, I like what you said, um, how you uh, noticed this, I guess, discrepancy, and then you're trying to change it for yourself and for aspiring journalists. And I think there's also a balance Like you said, between being polite and being pushy and just finding
2: that balance is really important.
0: Um, So our next question is, what advice would you give to aspiring journalists?
2: My main piece of advice would be to just keep reporting and keep writing and to try to find venues to do that. Because I really think that the more you talk to people and the more you write, the better that you get at it, and it becomes more natural. And I also think from a hiring perspective, if you're thinking about trying to get an internship somewhere or eventually a job somewhere, hiring editors like to see that you have been working someplace, that you have real experience. And honestly, it doesn't matter if that's at your high school or college newspaper or at maybe even your local newspaper they like to see that you have some work product to show and that it's something that you've been working at and I think building off of that I would also say sometimes when I talk to younger reporters and I was actually like this in high school I think you're reading a lot of national news and I think there's often a great desire because so much of the news is so interesting that you want to try to figure out a way to tap into that but I would actually put out a pitch for local journalism, and whether that's covering something that's happening in your town, or covering something that's happening at your middle school or high school or college, um, I think is actually more valuable because, one, there's probably fewer people who are actually looking into those issues, and two, those are issues that affect you and your friends and your family and people that you know. And I think that type of journalism can be so powerful. Actually, one of the stories that I wrote in high school that I was really proud of and that I felt did made, make an impact on the community was a story that our local newspaper hadn't reported yet. There was a parent in our school district who was trying to get a required book on the freshman English curriculum banned because she felt It dealt with some themes that were too adult for high schoolers. And her request was being taken seriously. And I just felt this was a really important issue. Banning a book that is required reading on the English curriculum was a topic that the community should know was happening and should be able to discuss. And so even though that was not about Anything that I write about now, impeachment or politics, I felt like I was able to make an impact on my school and also our town, frankly, because otherwise people would not have known this was happening. So I would really make a plug for just talking with students at your school and talking with teachers and looking around you and questioning why certain policies or practices are the way that they are and digging into that when you start out reporting.
0: Yeah, I think the experience that you just mentioned, um, having a book being taken off the English curriculum, that's something that um, any high schooler can experience. And it's important to kind of just write about things that are close to your heart that matter to you and start from there. And also the general advice that you always hear is just to read a lot and write a lot and notice these things around you. And so I think that's really interesting how much of an impact your high school like journaling experience had on you um if you could write about any event person or time in history what would it be and why
2: oh my gosh um that's a tough question i've never really thought about that because i've always just been so focused on what's in front of me but i would have to say, I think, and this isn't giving you a, a specific answer, but I do really believe strongly in the part of journalism that is about holding government actors accountable, which is why I really like my job covering Congress. And I think that if you look over the span of the history of journalism, that there probably was a real change after the fifties right when you head into the sixties and seventies around vietnam post world war ii i think there was a real change in journalism around the idea that the government should be questioned people who have a lot of power and are responsible for making our lives better should be questioned and that it's okay and actually a good thing for society to do so so I would probably want to make sure that I was reporting in that time period or later, basically. I think that's
1: so interesting and I think that kind of ties, like you said, into your job as, as the uh, congressional uh, reporter for the New York Times as well. Um, so I think that's really incredible how you're able to do that now and how um, this time period is um, very good for that. And our final question for today is, what is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self?
2: I think the piece of advice that I would want to give to my younger self, and I thought a lot about this actually, is that there is no one path to getting to where you want to be. And even if you have an idea of what it is you want to do or where it is you want to be, if you get there and it doesn't work out for you, it's okay to take another path. I think I'm very lucky in that I did, frankly, kind of map out a path for myself very early on and I followed it and it worked out for me. But I also think having this idea of a path that I wanted to follow with specific markers that I needed to meet was really stressful and in a way constraining. There are probably some other experiences just in life that I would have liked to have done that I felt weren't on the route for me and I also think for younger girls if you're applying to college or even if you're thinking about what classes you're going to have to take when you get to high school. I remember being really stressed out in middle school about making sure I got into the right classes in high school. I think it's just ultimately really important to do your best and work really hard but know that life can be funny and can take you on a bunch of different paths and that if you feel like you're going down a different path than you intended, if it seems to be working for you, you should just try it, right? And that you don't have to stress out if one specific idea that you had for yourself doesn't work out because there are going to be a hundred different experiences or different new things for you to try. So I think that would be the piece of advice that I would give myself, is to maybe calm down a little bit about the path, do your best, work hard, keep your eyes open to new opportunities, and just see where it takes you.
0: I think that's really good advice. I feel like, especially people our age, or are in high school when we're trying to really think about what we want to do. It's- Life isn't a defined path, like you said, and there's so many different directions that it can take. And it's important not to limit the number of opportunities you pursue for the sake of an end destination. We really enjoyed talking to you today, Miss Edmondson. Thank you so much for coming on to our podcast.
2: Of course, this is great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you
1: so much for tuning into our podcast today. We truly hope you enjoyed.